Welcome back to the Squared Sports Lane Frank Podcast. I'm the host of this podcast, Lane Frank. We're now in episode number 36. Yes, we're 36 episodes through, and there's a lot to discuss on this action-packed episode. NBA playoffs are in full swing. Julio Jones is probably going to leave Atlanta once out. MLB is in full swing, and so much more. Stay tuned for Squared Sports Lane Frank, episode number 36. Let's get into it. Now, let's start with episode number 36, how you guys do their headlines in the NBA. There is so much news. The Lakers and the Clippers both lost game one. Clippers lost to the Mavericks, Lakers lost to the Suns, where Chris Paul didn't even play the whole game. Okay, that was a really bad game against the Lakers, uh, for the Lakers. Okay, it was a really, really bad game for the Lakers. It was not a great game for the Clippers either. They both lost. This is an example of star talent, not star production. Anthony Davis, star talent, maybe not star production. Top five talent, not top five production. LeBron James in that game, top two talent. And the NBA, definitely not top two production. Didn't even score 20 points. Okay, that was not a good game at all for the Lakers. Neither for the Clippers, okay? Star talent, not star production. But let's move to another team where it's not always star talent, but it is always star production. The Milwaukee Bucks are up 2 to nothing against the Miami Heat in their series, okay? First game, it was an amazing game. Chris Middleton, game winner, game winner. Jimmy Butler had a buzz beer to go to over time. What an amazing game that was to watch. Game two, you know, expect the same thing. Close game, back and forth. No, 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 okay? No, the Bucks absolutely obliterated them, crushed them. They won by 30-plus points. What a game that was, okay? What a game. The Bucks are going to win this series. They might even sweep them. Okay, last year, the Heat won 4-1 to in that series, okay? When they played each other in the second round. This year, it's the first round. Bucks again. You know, the Bucks they're easily going to win this series, no doubt in my mind. They might even get to the Eastern Rods Falls. They might, okay? It might be Bucks Nets, Bucks Sixers, whatever it might be. They're a really, really great team this year. The Bucks, they are. Better than they were last year. They've got Drew Holiday, not Eric Bledsoe. Drew Holiday, you know, I kind of criticized that trade when it happened because they gave up three first-round picks and Eric Bledsoe just to get Drew Holiday. But it was proven to be such a great trade. And they just re-signed Drew Holiday to a massive extension. Massive. Okay, this is absolutely amazing. Okay, the Bucks, I am so happy how they're doing right now. Now, let's move to the West where the Denver Nuggets right now. Okay, they lost game one against the Blazers. They did. Okay, their last game of the regular season was against the Blazers. Great game by the Blazers, but game two, all Nuggets. Right now, right now, mark my words, the Nuggets have the best chance to win the Western Conference. They do. Okay, Lakers, bad game one. Clippers, bad game one. Jazz, bad game one. Who's left? The Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets, right now, is the team I'm most confident in to win the West. Okay, I'm not flipping my pick from the Lakers. I'm not going to do that. But, Denver Nuggets. Proven to be right now, pretty much, they easily have the best chance to win the Western Conference right now. They do, okay? A great game, too, by Nikola Jokic. A great game, too, by Michael Porter. A great game, too, by Aaron Gordon, at least in this crazy second half guarding Damian Lillard. Okay, if they can contain Damian Lillard, they're not going to stop Damian Lillard, but they're going to contain him. Like, they contain him in the second half. He had 32 points in the first half. He only had, like, 40 points in the whole entire game. Not a great second half for Damian Lillard because they switched Aaron Gordon onto him. Okay? This team is without their star point guard. Jamal Murray, and they still might even make the finals, okay? They still might. That is absolutely amazing. Denver Nuggets, a great organization. Great production by this team. Great production. Great star talent in Nikola Jokic. Great star talent, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon. That team, very well-rounded. If I had to pick right now, I would still probably pick the Lakers because I do think they can bounce back, but Nuggets have a very good chance, a very good chance right now to win the Western Conference. Let's move to the NFL where there's big news. Julio Jones, I'll 
wants out. He went on pretty much Shan Sharp, called him on Undisputed, and he didn't even know he was on air. He told him, no, I'm out of Atlanta, but uh, I'm not going to the Cowboys. Okay, so I don't want to give a short list of teams right now. I'll give those later down in the episode. I want to give a short list of teams who I think who have a chance of getting. Julio Jones, who he might be traded to, dealt to, short list. I'll do that later on in the episode. But Julio Jones does want out of Atlanta. Atlanta does want to trade him pretty much. So... Probably going to end. Some people are saying, Jordan Love, trade him to Atlanta for Julio Jones. I'll get my thoughts on that later on the episode. I'm not so sure on that. But let's move to MLB where there's lots of news. Last episode, I said the White Sox are the best team. Okay, but they won't win a title. There's too big of a rift between the players and Tony La Russa. And they're without Eloy Jimenez, arguably their best player for the whole season, most of the season. Lisa Robert is out for most of the season. Okay, and they're still one of the best records in the MLB without two of their star players. They still have the reigning MVP, Jose Bear. They still have a great DH, and your main Mercedes, great third baseman, Yoel Moncada. Really, really good team. Really, really good team. Great shortstop, Tim Anderson. But it's too big of a rift between the players and Tony La Russa. That's the reason I won't pick them to win the World Series. I said they were the best team in the MLB last episode. They got swept by the Yankees. I probably wouldn't say the same thing right now. I probably wouldn't. I'd probably say the Red Sox or the Dodgers are the best team in the MLB right now. I would. They won't win a title. They won't. Let's talk about something else. My New York Mets are in trouble. Okay, they are in big trouble. Okay, they have seven of their nine opening day starters on the aisle. Only two that aren't are Francisco Lindor's playing like a double-A player. Not a triple-A player. Not a bench player, like a double-A player. Okay, and James McCann, who's actually playing pretty well. They had him at first base the other night. He had a home run. Tomas is playing great at catcher. Great behind the plate, Tomas Neal. Doing really, really well, catcher. But so many Mets are on the aisle. Even Jonesy Fargus, who was doing amazing off when they called him up to replace Michael Ford. Even he, he's right now, and he was playing amazing. Okay, he was. The Mets have so many players in the aisle. I almost wish Francisco Indoor was on the aisle so they could call up another AAA shortstop to replace him since he'd probably do better than Francisco Indoor, whose average is at 197 right now. His contract is $350 million. Okay, Francisco Indoor. Maybe not even star talent. Definitely not star production. Francisco Lindor. Mets, so many players in the aisle. Conforto and Jeff McNeil, both down to late June. Pete Alonso is going to be out for a little on the aisle. So much stuff going on with the Mets right now. They got swept by the Rays. Not a great series for the Mets. They didn't have a great series against the Marlins. They're off to a rough start against the Rockies. But Jacob DeGrom is back, which is great news. Great news. But that's about it for the headlines this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, top five. This week's top five is, now I've been talking a lot in the headlines about not star talent, not star production. This week's top five is top five NBA players production-wise, okay? Anthony Davis maybe top five talent, not not top five production. He's not. He might not even be top ten production-wise. So, let's jump into it. Number one, Stephen Curry, okay? The most production you're ever going to get out of a player, okay? He is amazing. He's a star talent, and he produces for your team. He's amazing for your team. Amazing Stephen Curry. Amazing. All right. Outstanding. Stephen Curry, such a great player. Such a great player. All the threes, everything. One of the best star talented players in the NBA. Averaged 30 points a game on the scoring title. Couldn't lead his team to the playoffs. Led them to the play and not the playoffs. Maybe not his fault. Maybe it is. Maybe he should have been taking that last shot in regulation and not Draymond Green. What was he thinking? Okay. What was he thinking, Draymond Green? But let's not take away from Steph Curry did this season. Easily. Number one player in the NBA, production-wise. Number two, Damian Lillard. You're saying, whoa, 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 Damian Lillard. 
number two best player production-wise in the NBA? Yeah, it is Damian Lillard. It is Damian Lillard. Okay, you see him shooting 13 threes a game and making 10 of them. Okay, Damian Lillard is amazing. Doesn't get the credit he deserves. He still gets a bunch of credit, but not enough. Damian Lillard should have been in the MVP conversation this year, and I didn't even put him in the MVP conversation. And I'm kind of looking... That's okay right now for not doing that, okay? Damian Lillard, such an amazing player. Such an amazing player. Had a great bubble last year. Had a great season last year. Had a great season this year. Damian Lillard. Number two best player in the NBA, production-wise. Number three, James Harden. You're saying, whoa, whoa, James Harden isn't a top three player production-wise. Yes, he is, okay? He was hurt for one time this year, okay? And he really hasn't. That might be the biggest injury of his career. Longest time now he's ever had in his career. Okay, if there's an 82-game season, you could pretty much rely on him to give you 75 of those games. Okay, James Harden, great player, great player, triple-double. Switched to point guard this year, just his game on the Nets. Great player, surrounded by great players. I love watching James Harden play, one of my favorite players to watch in the NBA. Third-best player in the NBA, production-wise, James Harden. Number four, Nikola Jokic, the MVP of this season. You can come at me, whoa, what about Stephen Curry? What about anybody else who could win MVP? No. Is Nikola Jokic, who was MVP this year, and he's averaging pretty much triple double as a center, as a center. Fourth best player in the NBA, production wise, Nikola Jokic. Number five, LeBron James. You're saying, how did LeBron fall this far? Okay, because LeBron, maybe top two star talent in the NBA, not top two production. Top five. Number five, though, LeBron James. Now, I want to give out two honorable mentions really quick. First one, Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic, an amazing player. Maybe the best talent in the NBA, you could argue. You know, maybe we're not seeing enough out of him already, but he's already going amazing. I mean, we're not even sure if he's in his prime yet. Luka Doncic had an amazing season this year. I thought it should have been an MVP conversation. He wasn't, really. Luka Doncic had an amazing season. He did. He is an honorable mention. Next honorable mention, and the last one. Kevin Durant, okay? He's always hurt. If he wasn't hurt, he'd probably be top three right now because he is a top three talent in the NBA and he is top three production-wise when healthy. But he's not always healthy. That's why he's an honorable mention. He slipped down the list. Okay, that's about my top five NBA players production-wise. Leave in the comment section who you think are the top five players in the NBA production-wise. Not talent-wise. You can say Anthony Davis is a top five talent, but he's not. He's a top five talent, not top five production-wise. When you expect him to get you 40 points, he'll only get you 13 points. That's what we did against the Suns in Game 1. That's about for Top 5 of this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, did you know? This week's Did You Know is the last time there was a buzzer beater in an NBA Finals game. Ten again. Game-winning buzzer beater was in 1997. Michael Jordan in Game 1 in the NBA Finals. Let me say that again. The last time there was a game-winning buzzer beater in an NBA Finals game was in 1997. Bye. The greatest player of all time, Michael Jordan, in Game 1. That is absolutely astonishing. There hasn't been a buzzer beater since the late 90s. Did you know that? Leave that in the comment section. That's about what did you know this week. Now, MVP, LVP. This week's MVP is Phil Mickelson. All right, we don't talk much about golf on this show, Squared Sports, but today we are. Phil Mickelson is MVP this week. Won a major at 50 years old, the first golfer ever to win a major at 50 years old and above. That is amazing. Phil Mickelson were easily MVP this week. Easily. Now, LVP. I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here. LVP this week is the Golden State Warriors. Okay? They are. 
They're easily OVP, in my opinion. Easily. Not Stephen Curry. Let's do the Golden State Warriors, excluding Stephen Curry and Jordan Poole. Because Jordan Poole is amazing also. Second year in the NBA. Even got him a chance at the end of that Grizzlies game. Amazing player. Jordan Poole, amazing player, Stephen Curry. But outside of those two, the Warriors are easily LVP. So Draymond Green especially, Ken Bazemore, everybody on that team, not named Stephen Curry and Jordan Poole, were easily LVP this week. Not making the playoffs when you were in the playing tournament. You got upset in the playing tournament by the Memphis Grizzlies, who you had beat a week before by nine. So, Golden State Warriors, easily LVP this week. No debate about it. That's about for MVP LVP this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, I'm going to call this segment the dead ball era. I want to get this off my chest. No hitters. They're fun. They're awesome. I don't think they're ruining baseball, but it is getting a little bit out of hand. There have been six no hitters this year, five in the American League, one in the National League, and the one in the National League was against an American League team in the Rangers' home ballpark. Joe Musgrove didn't even bat in that game. Okay, I mean, we're not even done with May, and there are six no hitters. Let me repeat that. Not even done with May and six no hitters. Six of them. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I want home runs. I want runs batted in. I'm talking to you, Rob Manfred. I want home runs and I want runs batted in. I want it how it was a couple years ago where it wasn't just strikeout, walk, home run. Okay? That's pretty much all you're going to get out of Aaron Judge, Gene Carlos Stanton, all these power hitters nowadays. All these new power hitters. That's pretty much all you're going to get. Except for Shohei Otani. He can do whatever. Alright? I want home runs. I want runs batted in. I want more hits. I do want no-hitters, but let's try and cut down the no-hitters to three no-hitters a year, and let's make them all by my New York Mets pitchers. Let's make them all by Noah Syndergaard, Jacob DeGrom, and, uh, say, Taiwan Walker. Okay? I'm just kidding. But I don't want there to be so many no-hitters. I think baseball has to do something about it. I think Rob Manfred, that was a couple years ago, because I think they did change the baseballs a couple years ago. That affects it, obviously. It does. Maybe juice the balls a little bit more. Make it to where hitters can hit more powerful. And it won't always just be a home run, strikeout, or walk, or a no-hitter. Those are like the only outcomes in today's baseball. And it's terrible. It is terrible. I don't like it at all. It's not appealing to a young fan who's trying to get into the baseball game. It just isn't. Okay? No-hitters, they're fun, but not when they're 6 through May. Through May. Okay? That's not fun. Alright? We're on pace for like 30 no-hitters at this point pretty much now. Okay? That is a lot. That is too many. All right, there's probably not going to be 30 no-hitters this year, but there's going to be more. It's not good. We had two back-to-back nights, Spencer Turnbull and Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber, great game, no-hitter. But it's getting out of hand. All right, let's fix this, Rob Manfred. Fix the baseballs. Fix baseball forever. Fix the MLB. Save your job, Rob Manfred. Because right now, you could be on the hot seat. Pretty much every single Major League Baseball player hates you. Most Major League Baseball fans hate you. Most... MLB executives don't like you. Rob Manfred, how are you still the commissioner of baseball? But as long as you are, try and change all of these no-hitters. Change the baseballs. Okay, let's try and get out of this dead ball era. That's my take. I just wanted to get this off my chest. My take on the dead ball era. All these no-hitters going on in MLB. Leave in the comment section what you think about all these no-hitters. That's about dead ball era this week. All right. I want to talk about something. Let's call it Claw Out with a K. All right, Kawhi Leonard. Claw. He's on the Clippers right now, as we all know. But they're in a first-round series right now against the Mavericks, which they could well easily. They could definitely lose. They lost game one already. Okay, there's a big chance they're going to lose the series. And if they do, Kawhi, 
He's gone. He said the only way he doesn't stick in L.A. with the Clippers after this year is if something drastic happens in the postseason. If they lose enough in the first round, I think that could be counted as a drastic thing. Okay? I think it could be. And then if that does happen, the Clippers are done. But we're not here to talk about the Clippers. We're here to talk about Kawhi. If they lose in the first round, he's out. But who could pick him up? Because he'll want to go to the New York Knicks. They will be at the top of his list. Even when the Knicks were terrible a couple years ago, and he demanded trade from the Spurs, his short list was like the Knicks, Spurs, and the Heat, pretty much. Or Knicks, Lakers, Heat. Yeah, he's going to want to go to the Knicks if he becomes a free agent this offseason, if he doesn't resign with the Clippers, which they lose the series, which they might. He's not going to resign. There is no possible chance he resigns. And he's probably going to go to the New York Knicks, but if he doesn't, he'd go to the Los Angeles Lakers. I read that there's probably not a chance he leaves the Clippers because he bought like a huge home. He bought a home in L.A. a couple months ago, but maybe he'll want to go to the Los Angeles Lakers. You never know. He might want to play at the Staples Center. Clippers are moving the Forum Center. They're not going to play at the Staples Center anymore. But you might want to play with the Lakers, with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis needs to get things going. LeBron needs to get things going in this Sun Series. If they want a chance to win the championship this year, they won the championship this year. And then Kawhi, if he becomes a free agent, he'll want to go to the Lakers over my New York Knicks, which I would hate. I wouldn't like it at all. I would not. But another team who Kawhi could have interest with is the Miami Heat. All right. The Miami Heat losing this first round series. Like I do expect them to, the Milwaukee Bucks. All right. But Kawhi could still want to go there. South Beach, they still got a good roster. You know, you could put whoever up, point guard. You could put whoever at shooting guard. But Jimmy, you could shuffle Jimmy and Kawhi Leonard at shooting guard, small forward, power forward. All that's good stuff. And you're a top five team in the NBA, top ten team in the NBA, top whatever team in the NBA. You're a great team. If they got Kawhi Leonard. But the Clippers do lose this series against the Mavericks, which they can, which they might. I'm going to say they don't, but there is a chance they do. There is a chance Kawhi's gone. And even if they do win this series, there still is a chance that Kawhi doesn't resign with them in the offseason. So they make the conference finals. There's still a chance Kawhi doesn't resign in the offseason. There isn't. Maybe not great chemistry with Tyron Lue and Paul George. You never know. But I think that there's a huge chance Kawhi leaves this offseason, goes to either my Knicks, the Lakers, or the Heat in this offseason. Leave in the comment section if you think Kawhi Laird will leave the Clippers after this season. And if you do, leave in the comment section where you think he'll go. That's about that this week. All right. Julio Jones. We have to talk about it. I said I would give a short list of teams I think have a chance to get him. I'm sorry, Patriots fans, you are not on this list. Okay, I don't think the Patriots get Julio Jones. I don't. So, here's a short list of teams I think Julio Jones could go to. We have to talk about So, let's make a short list of teams. The first team, the Green Bay Packers. Would this convince Aaron Rodgers to stay? It might. It might. He said it's a philosophy issue, not a, a front office issue, not a player's issue. Not all. Not a roster issue. Which I said also. I don't think it's a roster issue. I think it's a management issue, a front office issue, which is exactly what Aaron Rodgers said. But maybe getting Julio Jones, that's a great move by the front office. That could convince Aaron Rodgers to stay. Packers are definitely a team that could go after Julio Jones. Another team, the Seattle Seahawks, everybody. Okay, Seahawks, good team. Okay, they have a kind of disgruntled star. Russell Wilson, as we all know, sort of demanded trade this offseason. Sort of didn't. Maybe he can get trade this offseason if he wants out. But to keep him super happy and make sure he's a Seahawk for life, Russell Wilson, they could get Julio Jones. They don't have many first-round picks, but they could give up a couple seconds, maybe, another player, because not many teams are going to want to give up a first-round pick for Julio Jones, because he's not 
damaged goods, but he's not at the top of his game like he used to be. He lost a step. That's it. I'll admit it. He lost a step. Julio Jones since a couple years ago. But still good. Still really good receiver, Julio Jones. I think the Seahawks would be a very good option for Julio Jones to go to. Now, number two. The Chicago Bears. All right, you have a great quarterback in Justin Fields, and you have two great wide receivers in Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson. But you know what would be better? Julio Jones. All right, add Julio Jones. Give up a first-round pick. You don't give up your 2023 first-round pick because you don't have one this year. And then maybe like a fifth-round pick for Julio Jones in a fourth, fifth-round pick, whatever it might be. And that trade will probably go through. Julio Jones would probably want to play for the Chicago Bears. That would be a great deal, okay? Living in Chicago with a great young quarterback, Justin Fields, who I think will have a good NFL career. Not great, but they do get Julio Jones. You cannot start Andy Dalton. You cannot say, Julio, come to the Bears. We're going to start Andy Dalton the whole entire season. No. No, he wouldn't want that. All right? Julio Jones would not go to the Bears for Andy Dolan. He would go to the Bears for teaming up with Allen Robinson, Justin Fields, that great defense, that great offensive line. Yeah, that's what he'd want to go to the Bears for. So I think the Bears definitely have a chance to get Julio Jones. Now, okay, this team, it's a bit of an oddball to get him. It probably won't happen, but they'll try because they tried to go after so many wide receivers this offseason. That team's the Kansas City Chiefs. They tried to get Juju Smith-Schuster. They didn't get him. They tried to get... T.Y. Hilton, they didn't get him. They didn't go that far. T.Y. Hilton didn't go that far with Kenny Galladay, but they really tried for Juju Smith-Schuster, and they didn't get him. But Julio Jones, trade a third-round pick to get Julio Jones. Okay, you're coming off a Super Bowl loss, which could be detrimental to a team. They could have a rough year next to the Chiefs, but what could help prevent that would be getting Julio Jones a number one wide receiver. Okay, that would be amazing. Amazing for Patrick Mahomes, amazing for the Chiefs. Say Julio Jones, only there for like three to five years for the rest of his career. Still good. He could help you win a Super Bowl. Definitely help you win a Super Bowl. You could give up a first-round pick, a second-round pick, a third-round pick, whatever it might be. I think the Chiefs, they're going to try and go after Julio Jones. They, it's a bit of an oddball pick, the Chiefs. But I think they do have a bit of a chance. Now, here's a team who I really think should go after Julio Jones. And not many people are talking about it. I think this team has maybe the best chance to get him because he wants to go to contender. He really wants to go to a contender, not an upcoming contender like the Cowboys, maybe not even the Bears. But, Julio Jones, you should want to go to this team. All right, who cares about playing in the cold? The Buffalo Bills, they have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, Josh Allen, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, Stephon Diggs. You pair him up with Julio Jones, that's unstoppable. Unstoppable. All right, they're winning the Super Bowl next year. They get Julio Jones. They're at least making the Super Bowl. They get Julio Jones. They're beating the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't care what you say. Okay? This team is so good. The Buffalo Bills already. If you get Julio Jones, that makes you even better. Who cares about a 2022 first-round pick when you can get Julio Jones, who can help you win a Super Bowl, when that 2022 first-round pick is in the late 20s, late 30s, if you make it to the Super Bowl or conference championship. Okay? I think the Bills should definitely go after Julio Jones. Definitely. Now, one last team. And a lot of people are talking about this team, saying they should go after him. They, they are the favorites to land him. I don't think they're the favorites, and I don't think they will go after him. But they could maybe call up the Falcons and give him a quick offer. The Baltimore Ravens. Okay, Lamar Jackson, great quarterback. They tried after so many wide receivers this offseason. They tried to get Juju Smith-Schuster. So many other players, so many wide receivers. They ended up getting only like Sammy Watkins 
and they drafted Rashad Bateman. Great pick. But you want to make the Super Bowl, you want to make conference championship, you get Julio Jones. You get number one wide receiver. That is Julio Jones for Lamar Jackson. He is. That's about for my short list of teams who I think Julio Jones has a chance to go to. Leave in the comment section if you think Julio Jones will go to the Packers. Leave in the comment section if you think Julio Jones will go to the Bills. Leave in the comment section if you think Julio Jones will go to the Ravens and all other teams I mentioned. That's my take. Okay, at the buzzer. Best for last. I've seen some people say on Twitter, ESPN, Fox Sports analysts say, Packers should just publicly apologize to Aaron Rodgers and then just trade Jordan Love for Julio Jones. In fantasy, it seems great, you know. Get Julio Jones for Aaron Rodgers, he's probably going to stay then. But no, that just creates a bigger problem. Let me list why, okay? The Packers legitimately think Jordan Love will be Aaron Rodgers' successor. And if they trade him, they have no successor to Aaron Rodgers. And they get Julio Jones, say they make the conference championship for a year, okay? Then you have this same problem over again, okay? Packers see so many quarterbacks. It's a great quarterback class for 2022. I'll do a segment on that in a few episodes down the line. But there are so many quarterbacks in this draft class. And if you trade Jordan Love, you need another successor. You make the conference championship, Super Bowl, whatever it might be with Julio Jones, who's going to be out of the league in four to five years. Okay, they're going to take a quarterback if that happens. They're going to take a quarterback if they do do that. Okay. And then that just creates a whole nother problem. It's the same thing over and over again. That's why trading Jordan Love for Julio Jones doesn't solve a thing. It does not solve one single thing. Not one. Okay. Do not trade Jordan Love for Julio Jones. You want to get Julio Jones? Fine. But trade like a second or first round pick. Don't trade Jordan Love for him. And then that probably won't even convince Aaron Rodgers to stay. It won't. Okay. It won't. If they trade Jordan Love for Julio Jones, that would be a massive mistake. Maybe the biggest mistake in Packers franchise history behind drafting Jordan Love. Sorry, Jordan Love, not your fault. Again, put in this position. But they had a superstar quarterback. They took Jordan Love. Okay. And if they get Julio Jones, they need another successor. They're going to take another quarterback. Same problem over and over again. Okay, it's going to create the same problem. They're going to take the quarterback from Nevada. They're going to take the quarterback from Cincinnati, Desmond Ritter. That's what they're going to do. Okay. That's what's going to happen. All right. Aaron Rodgers. He wants out by all standards. There is no coming back. There is no way that Aaron Rodgers comes back, whether if you get Julio or not. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, not going to stay. Not even if you trade Jordan Love for Julio Jones. That's my take. I don't think if you trade Jordan Love for Julio Jones, I don't think that solves anything. I think it creates a much bigger problem. A much bigger problem down the line. It does. That's my take. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, question of the day. This week's question of the day is, who will win the Western Conference this year? Will it be the Nuggets? Will it be the Clippers? Will it be the Jazz? Will it be the Lakers? Will it be the Suns? Or will it be somebody else? Leave that in the comment section. That's part of question of the day this week. Who will win the Western Conference this year? Leave your answer in the comment section. That's part of Squared Sports with Lane Frank, episode number 36. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squared Sports on Instagram at Squared Sports. Follow Squared Sports on Twitter at Squared Sport. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for the best sports content in the world. We'll be back here next week in a new studio for episode number 37. Stay tuned.